From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Scott Morrison has hailed Australia's military alliance and new submarine deal with the United Kingdom and United States as a landmark achievement. But it's already led to a global diplomatic standoff, pitting Australia against a number of European countries, as well as further deepening tensions with China. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on the fallout from Australia's nuclear submarine deal and why the President of France won't return Scott Morrison's phone calls. It's Friday, September 24. Paul, last week, Australia, along with the United Kingdom and the United States, announced a new agreement. A key part of that is this deal to build nuclear submarines. But this new deal means that our old deal with France has been scrapped. So how did the French take it? Well, Ruby, Scott Morrison's new pact with the United States and the United Kingdom has become every bit as awkward as its acronym AUKUS. C'est vraiment en bon français euh, un coup dans le dos. Nous avions euh, établi avec euh, l'Australie une relation de confiance. Cette confiance est trahie. The French are furious. The day it was announced, the French foreign minister Jean-Yves Le Drian said the country has been stabbed in the back. Et je suis aujourd'hui euh, en colère avec beaucoup d'amertume sur euh, cette rupture. He accused Australia of lying, duplicity and a major breach of trust and contempt. France then escalated the issue by withdrawing its ambassador from Australia and, for the first time in 200 years, from the United States. D'autant plus que ça ne se fait pas entre alliés. Et ça ne se fait pas en plus quand il y a eu d'abord deux ans de négociations pour ce contrat. The anger of France at the secretive dumping of the $90 billion contract to build 12 conventionally powered submarines has forced both Scott Morrison and Joe Biden into urgent damage control. It caused a massive diplomatic crisis, and the blowback isn't just coming from the French, but countries across Europe and even Asia. Right, so it's fairly clear then that we left France out in the cold by doing this deal with the United States. So... How has Scott Morrison justified it? Well, Morrison has defended his betrayal of France's trust and the sneaky way he did it in terms of the greater national interest of Australia. But as a Prime Minister, I must make decisions that are Australia's national security interests. I know that France would do the same, and I know ultimately that will be understood. We've been told that 18 months ago, the Defence Department, after a capability review, concluded nuclear-powered submarines were required for the defence of Australia, rather than the conventional French ones. And after that, Peter Dutton took the bit between his teeth and went on a mission to ingratiate himself with the British and the Americans to get access to their nuclear technology at the expense of the French. Publicly, though, Australia was acting as if the problems with the French contract could be ironed out. Je suis en effet très heureux aujourd'hui d'accueillir le Premier ministre australien, Monsieur Scott Morrison. Mr President, Your Excellency, it's a, it's a great pleasure for me to be here with you in this wonderful place. In June this year, the Prime Minister stood alongside the French President Emmanuel Macron 
in the courtyard of the Elysee Palace, with much backslapping for the cameras and every indication all was on track. Affinity is the word we use to describe our partnership. An affinity across so many different areas of the relationship, if you've just heard Emmanuel speak of. On everything... The French president hosted Morrison for dinner and French sources say that even though Morrison raised issues with the deal, there was no suggestion they were thinking of tearing it up. In fact, after their meeting, Morrison told the media they had a very positive discussion. Australia, you know, was clearly playing a double game here, stringing along the French while secretly negotiating with the US and the UK. It seems like a risky move, Paul, to double-cross a country that we would traditionally see as a safe ally. Well, Ruby, of course, diplomatic subterfuge is hardly new, but it's usually reserved for unfriendly countries. You've got to say it's shocking to see it used against a country like France, a traditional ally, with whom we'd signed an enormous military deal. And our duplicity embarrassed the Americans. And on Thursday, Biden began patching things up with Macron in a phone call and in a joint statement admitted, and I'm quoting, they agreed the situation would have benefited from open consultations among allies on matters of strategic interest to France and European partners. And Australia still can't get a call through to President Macron. Little surprise then, this stirred up so much international focus on what Australia's done, which of course is what Morrison's experiencing during his US trip this week. So Scott Morrison, in the wake of this announcement of the submarine deal, has gone to the US where he's having a series of meetings with world leaders, including with the US president. So how is it all going so far? First of all, to be here in New York, the first responsibility of any prime minister, any leader of any country is their national security, and to always put their national interests first. Well, Morrison was in New York for his first bilateral meeting with President Biden on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly. But it's comments from one of Europe's most senior leaders that made headlines. And I really greatly appreciated the many discussions that we've had and the opportunity to speak today. Europe is so important to the Indo-Pacific. European Council President Charles Michel publicly rebuked the PM during a meeting at the UN. Well, thank you for your message, but uh, as you know, for, for us, the transparency and loyalty are fundamental principles in order to build strong partnerships and strong... <laughs> Michel was polite, but he made it clear that Europe was not impressed with Australia's duplicitous negotiations. He said transparency and loyalty were fundamental to maintaining alliances. And he wasn't the only European politician to express his discomfort. The German foreign minister also spoke up, describing the Australia-UK-US deal as unsettling. But, Ruby, it's not just Europe. This new military pact and the clandestine way it was arranged has angered countries much closer to home, including, of course, its target, China. We'll be back after this. As a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. 
That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Paul, the Australia-UK-US alliance, AUKUS, and the associated nuclear submarine deal have largely been viewed through the prism of the United States trying to contain China. How has China responded? Well, we get a sense of this from what's been published by the state-aligned media in China. For example, the Global Times, a mouthpiece of the ruling Communist Party, has warned AUKUS will make Australia a nuclear target. And that's something that was repeated by Professor Victor Gao from Suzhou University on ABC TV. Armed with nuclear submarine, Australia itself will be a target for possible nuclear attacks in the future. Can can I I just stop you there? Can I just stop you there, Victor? Australia will be a target for nuclear attack? From whom? You do not need to know whom it will be, but as a logic... Gao was a translator for former Chinese leader Deng Xiaoping... And he says it's logical that if Australia is nuclear-armed, then it invites nuclear retaliation in the event of war. But, Ruby, if we get to that stage, we'd already be in the midst of a nuclear holocaust as America and China embark on mutually assured destruction. And former Prime Minister Paul Keating has accused Morrison of unnecessarily making an enemy of China. He's advised that instead of sabre-rattling, we should be spending a lot more effort in diplomatic rapprochement. And it's advice he's directed at his own Labor Party as well. Mm. What exactly has Paul Keating been saying to Labor, Paul? Well, the Labor elder statesman has accused his party under both Bill Shorten and Anthony Albanese of being complicit with the Liberals in selling out Australia's strategic autonomy to the United States. Keating says Labor has gone along with Morrison in turning its back on the 21st century for what he calls the jaded and faded Anglosphere. And, of course, one of the reasons Keating pushed an Australian republic was to assure our Asian neighbours that we no longer owed our first allegiance to our colonial past. In Keating's view, Australia has backtracked a long way from that. And I've got to say he nails it when he says this latest strategy is a massive bet on the United States and its staying power in Asia. And he has evidence to back that up. America's clumsy withdrawal from Afghanistan after 21 years of bloodshed, only to hand the country back to the Taliban, is one compelling argument. But so too is the frightening instability of the American democracy itself. You know, Donald Trump and his supporters still don't accept the legitimacy of the last presidential election and continue with impunity to foster insurrection and nobody can rule out a return of Trump or an equally disruptive and dangerous clone. Mm. And has Labor's current leader, Anthony Albanese, acknowledged any of these risks? Where does he 
stand on AUKUS and also the question of how Australia should be placing itself between China and the US at this moment in time? Yeah, well, Albanese Ruby is well aware that the Keating view would resonate with a significant part of Labor's base. But heading into an election, he's keen to establish that he is no threat to the US alliance. Labor welcomes the Australia-UK-US agreement to maximise the interoperability of our defence and security arrangements. Our US alliance is our most important, and the UK, of course, is our old friend. The Labor leader didn't have a murmur of dissent when he pushed backing the AUKUS pact through Shadow Cabinet and his party room. So it makes sense in terms of efficiency and in terms of maximising the, uh, the positive output uh, that we engage across uh, our three nations to make sure that there is maximum uh, interoperability. One senior Labor figure told me that all the party's factions are committed to winning the election. No one wanted Morrison to have the luxury of framing the campaign in terms of Labor being pro-China and anti-America. So, Paul, despite the international criticism of this deal and the diplomatic fallout that it's caused both with our allies in Europe and also with a country like China, as well as these warnings that we've heard from experts about it being a risky and expensive enterprise, it seems like both of our major parties are backing it. So does that mean that this is what we're locking ourselves into, a multi-decade partnership with the US? Well, indeed, Ruby, but that's not a surprise or a problem. After all, the ANZUS Treaty has locked us into such an alliance for the past 70 years. In my view, what's disturbing is the Morrison government locking us into an arrangement that hands over our military and strategic sovereignty to Washington. Even China hawks uh, like former Labor government defence minister Kim Beasley, who was also our ambassador to Washington, says good allies always retain the right to differ in their own national interest. And that's something Prime Minister Bob Hawke famously did when he ran the show. Paul, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ruby. Bye. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, The Saturday Paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Also in the news today, Melbourne community health workers have been instructed not to wear their uniforms after staff in the CBD were abused by protesters this week. Due to concerns for the safety of health workers, a medical clinic and a vaccination centre in the city have been forced to close. On Thursday, Victoria recorded four deaths and 766 new locally acquired COVID-19 cases, the highest number of infections since the start of the pandemic last year. And US President Joe Biden has announced that the US will double its purchases of COVID-19 vaccines for low- and middle-income countries, bringing its pledged donations to a total of 1.1 billion Pfizer doses. 
However, some former World Health Organization officials have criticised the US for not doing enough to help developing nations manufacture their own vaccines. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Elle Marsh, Cara Jensen-McKinnon, Anu Hasbold and Alex Gow. Our senior producer is Ruby Schwartz and our technical producer is Atticus Vasto. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. I'm Ruby Jones and make sure to follow 7am on Instagram. We're at 7am podcast. See you next week.